0: Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that Story bites is bad. My name is Bill. This is episode 319. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. It's November. Big month of the year, right? You got uh, American Thanksgiving. It's uh, No Shave November. I don't know if any of you are doing that. There's that nano-namo-nino-neener-neener. Neener. That thing where... Um, You're supposed to start a novel on November 1st and write the whole thing in a month just to, uh, you know, as sort of an inspiration to get you going. Lots of people say, well, I'm going to write a book someday, and then they never do. So this is a way to get them, uh, to spur them. I've never done it. I'm always writing something, but I've never actually done that. If anyone is doing that, good luck to you. Um, You're about halfway through the month now, give or take. So I hope it's going well, and why the hell are you listening to this? Turn it off and go finish uh, today's writing. And then at the end of the month, come back and download this again and give a listen. So so good luck. Good luck in anything that you're doing this month and in life because God knows we need it. I'm recording this before the midterm elections. I'm assuming the world is not a burning hellscape as you're listening to this. But if it is and this podcast is giving you some relief, uh, well, I- I'm glad I can help. Sorry there won't be another episode. Hope not. But, you know, you never know. What's going on with me? My dim view might be due to the fact that I'm really, really tired. As I'm recording this, it's the day after getting both my flu shot and my COVID booster. I feel okay, except that I'm kind of achy. Like I said, really tired. I was up early this morning. The dog didn't care that I had a flu shot and a COVID booster and maybe would want to sleep in a little bit. Uh, So we were up early. All I really want to do right now is take a nap. And, uh, but I'm not. I'm recording this thing for you people because I love you just that much. Also, uh, what's plaguing me right now is a Madonna earworm. That sounds like a creepy thing. And it is. I watched last night, uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Madonna is a main character in the movie. I'm not spoiling anything saying that. And, uh, one of the songs that they do in the movie, of course, is Weird Al's Like a Surgeon, the parody of Like a Virgin. And I have had. Not the surgeon version, but the virgin version stuck in my head uh, ever since. I don't know why. I even, thinking it might help, uh, found the original Madonna 1985 or 4, whatever it was, video for Like a Virgin. First of all, it took me way back to my youth, and it did not do anything about the earworm. Uh, The song is still there. So uh, I'm hoping that will go away soon. That aside, the movie was good. There are scenes where Daniel Radcliffe, who's, you know, by his own account even, he's a short guy. Weird Al's a tall guy. He's like six feet tall. uh, Daniel Radcliffe, not. He's like 5'5 or something. So then there are scenes where he's standing next to much taller people, and you can't help but notice that. Especially, I don't think this is spoiling anything, uh, Weird Al makes a cameo. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. And there's a scene where Weird Al, the real one, and Weird Al, the fake one, are standing next to each other. And yeah, it kind of takes me out of the reality of Daniel Radcliffe being Weird Al. That aside, the movie is pretty funny. One of the fun things is to spot the cameos. uh, Famous people playing other famous people. So that's kind of fun. It's on the Roku channel. Go check it out. You'll enjoy it. And I will try to get through the rest of this recording without busting out uh, the chorus of Like a Virgin. If it helps you any, just imagine me dressed like 1985 Madonna as I'm doing this podcast. Oh, I forgot to mention, speaking of my COVID booster, this is episode 7 since I died from COVID and came back to life. That's what? That's about uh, 14 weeks. God, it's been that long. August, September. uh, Yeah, I guess so. So, yay me for not being dead, I guess. Well, that's enough of that foolishness. Let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Congo Bongo for the 5200 from Sega 1983. Longtime listeners, will remember that I actually covered Congo Bongo way back in episode 168 for the 2600, and I don't remember being all that excited about that version, so let's see what happens with this one. A very colorful cover to the manual. You have Professor, what's his name? I don't remember what his name is, with a uh, spooky looking snake around his neck, a cobra or something, and you got monkeys on either side of him, and a scorpion, and a skull, and a bunch of coconuts, you got a thing that looks to me less like a monkey and more like a groundhog or something, whipping a coconut at Professor What's His Name. The title tells us, or the cover tells us, that the Kongo Bongo, the official arcade version, is what we're looking at. Uh, I don't think that's entirely true. I remember the arcade version, and this ain't it. But we'll get there in a second. You're a hunter on a jungle safari. The jungle is full of creatures determined to give you a run for your life, but none of them can match the mischief of Congo Bongo the gorilla. The object of the game is to get even with Congo while collecting as many points as possible, but watch your step, one slip, and it's safari heaven. Congo Bongo features one or two-player jungle fun, two tropical three-graphic game screens. 3D graphic, green, try that again. Two tropical 3D graphic game screens, multiple play levels of increasing difficulty. When you turn on the game, you see Congo Bongo, the Congo the Bongo logo with the high score. Try not to look too closely at that when you... Watch the field report the screen changes and asks you to choose one or two players you push one for a one player game and two for a two player game i hope i didn't go too fast if there's just one of you push one if there's two of you push two got it okay when the joystick is used ugh, player one uses the left controller and player two uses the right controller the joystick is used to make the hunter walk or, or climb the fire button is used to make the hunter jump in a two player game, the players take turns alternately. The screen and game play. Congo Bongo consists of two separate jungle scenes. Above the jungle scenes, you see player scores, and to the right of each score is the number of lives that player has left, indicated by small hunters. Between each player's score is the player number, one or two. The bonus points and the play level are at the upper right corner of the screen. The first screen takes you to Jungle Mountain. Here, you try to reach Congo at the top of his perch. You must climb to the mountain, up the mountain, while avoiding the coconuts falling from the top of Congo's perch. You lose one of your three lives each time you get hit by a coconut, fall into the water, fall off the ledge, run out of bonus time. All of these things are going to happen repeatedly. When you jump across the chasm, the cliff falls and you can't jump back. I didn't really notice any cliffs falling, to be honest, but that may just be a, a limitation of the graphics. You then climb to Monkey Plateau. At the first level of play, no monkeys jump on you. the second level, one monkey can jump on you, preventing you from going farther. After the... Is it farther or further? Prevent you from going farther. Prevent you from going further. I don't know. After the second level of play, two monkeys can jump on you and actually throw you all over the cliff. Stupid monkeys. To get the monkeys off your back... Man, how many of us in life have had to get a monkey off our back? To get the monkeys off your back, you must jump three times without moving directions. And this is trickier than it sounds. After you cross the river... Avoiding the coconuts, you will reach Congo's Perch, then automatically move to the next screen. (laughs) Ha ha ha. That is funny. Screen 2. Now you've reached the Great River. No, I haven't. Try to cross the lagoon on lily pads by jumping on islands, hippos, and fishes, and once you've crossed, watch out for charging rhinos on the other side. Different reviewers that I saw on the interweb have compared this a little bit to the Frogger game. I guess I kinda see it. Just as in screen 1, the jungle dangers increase as the play levels advance, the lily pads shrink each round. At the first and second levels, the fish won't open their mouths to snap at you. At level three and four, only the two fish on the far right open their mouths. From the fifth play level up, all four fish open their mouths to snap at you. When you're on a fish that snaps you, you lose one life. The fish will warn you before they snap by changing the color of their heads to yellow. That's nice. When you reach the other side of the river, you have to watch for raging rhinos. When you reach the sleeping Congo, you get to give him the hot hot foot. You get to give him the hot foot he deserves. Is that an actual expression? Give him the hot foot? I know, lead foot? I don't know. Here, let's pause the action here for a second. The free dot com says hot foot, all one word, means to travel as fast as one can, usually by walking or running. We need to hot foot it out here before mom catches going through her things. All right. After a brief pause to enjoy your victory, you automatically find yourself back at stream number one, but at the next more difficult play level on stream number two, you lose a life each time you fall off a shrinking lily pad, get eaten by a fish, fall off a fish, get hit by a raging rhino, fall off an island, fall off a hippo, bonus time runs out. Each Each step the hunter takes awards 10 points. Jumping onto a hippo, fish, or lily pad awards 100 points. Jumping across the chasm awards 500 points. Each screen begins with a bonus amount that increases as play level increases. Levels 1 to 9, the bonus time increases from 5,000 to 9,000. The bonus is reduced every tick of the game clock. If the bonus is reduced to 0 before reaching the screen end, the hunter will run out of time and lose 1 life. The hunter has 3 lives per game, but if the total score reaches 10,000 points, 1 additional life will be awarded and the extra play screen will occur immediately. And that is how you play Congo Bongo from SEGA for the 5200.
1: I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though... I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S C H N O O K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way.
0: I know that was the end of the instructions for Kanga Banga because the, uh, man, uh, the manual very abruptly then switches to an ad for other games. As if even Sega knew, yeah, 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 we got to tell them how to do this game that they won't be able to figure out. Let's promote these other games that they'll like better. So there's a page devoted to Star Trek Strategic Operations Simulator, the official arcade version. Another page devoted to Buck Rogers, Planet of Zoom. I think I've done both of those games on the podcast, but quite a while ago. And that's it. 8 Central says that Kongo Bongo is a much better game than showcased in the 5200 version. It was never very success- successful as an arcade game, but the jungle-themed adventure was still ported to many home game consoles. Everyone thought it was crazy, but I always thought Kongo Bongo was similar to Zaxxon, from the similarity in perspective. Some have compared it to 3D Donkey Kong, but the 5200 version of Kongo Bongo botches the three-quarter view, making it nearly impossible to avoid the coconuts or jump on the second level's various platforms. Basic navigation doesn't seem to line up in a logical manner. Amen, brother. Color scheme doesn't help because objects sometimes blend, blend in more than they should. In summary, it was a fun arcade game, although far from a favorite. It's a fun game to play at home, to reminisce. Those arcade glory days, but not on the 5200. We probably should have given this version a skip, but it's a fun game. More so on other platforms, so we tossed it another half. Oh, they probably should have given this game one ship, like one star, but they gave it one and a half. Freeze Net says, at first I was pleasantly surprised. Here's a game with a nice complex level arrangement. Instead of a top-down adventure game, you actually have a nice isometric level to navigate around. The second level is pretty well done, although some jumps are a little hard to judge. When I beat the second level, show off, I was disappointed to see that this is all the game more or less has to offer. Another problem I have is the awkward jumping system. Sing it, Mr. Sometimes you can jump and land where you expect, other times you can jump and you land in a completely different spot than you had expected. I can appreciate the level of detail the levels themselves have, the isometric look is very nice, but there are only two levels in the entire game. Jumping system is awkward, the graphics are fairly decent, landscape decently rendered, mostly he's upset about the fact that there's, there's only two levels. Gave the gameplay 16 out of 25, the replay value 5 out of 10, graphics 7 out of 10, and the audio 3 out of 5. Overall, sixty two percent rating.
1: What is the girls?
0: They begin to smile. Short when we're kind of wild. And then someone yell, What can it be? And all the chicks start whistling at me. I say, Baby, they me. Hey, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, informally the Congo, and formally and also colloquially Zaire is a country in Central Africa, bordered to the northwest by the Republic of the Congo, to the north by the Central African Republic, to the northeast by South Sudan, to the east by Uganda, Rwanda, and Burundi, and by Tanzania, to the south and southeast by Zambia, to the southwest by Andola, to the west by South Atlantic Ocean, and the Kambinda exclave of Andola. The Democratic Republic is the largest country in Africa and the 11th largest in the world population of 108 million. It achieved independence from Belgium on 30th of June 1960 and was immediately confronted by a series of secessionist movements. It basically had many, many periods of war and struggle. After that, rich in natural resources, but suffered from political instability, a lack of infrastructure, corruption, and centuries of both commercial and colonial extraction and exploitation. The Republic of the Congo, which also is informally known as Congo or the Congo, is to the west coast, in the western coast of Central Africa, west of the Congo River, bordered on the west by Gabon, to the northwest by Cameroon, and to the and by and its northeast on the northeast by Central African Republic, to the southeast by the Democratic Republic uh, Republic of the Congo, to the south by the Angolan enclave exclave of Cabinda, and to the southwest by the Atlantic Ocean. The Republic of the Con- Republic of the Congo was established on the 20th of November 1958 and gained independence from France. 1960. It was a Marxist-Leninist state from 69 to 92. Under the name People's Republic of the Congo, the sovereign state has had met a multi-party election since 92. While a democratically elected government was ousted in the 97 Republic of the Congo Civil War, it does uh, remain a member of the African Union, the United Nations, uh, and other associations. The fourth largest oil producer in the Gulf of Guinea, economy dependent on the oil sector. Population of 5.2 million. So basically, these guys have enough to worry about without you running around disturbing their gorillas. After the break, con we go to more show. You know what makes Atari games even better? When they rhyme the words in the title. Like this one, Congo Bongo. You just know that's going to be a good time, right? I mean, how do you choose games? By the title, right? He's emphatically nodding, as he usually does when I say things, because I am brilliant. Um, we're playing the 1983 Sega port of Congo Bongo for the 5200. You're seeing uh, a running game right now that I'm not actually playing. If I were actually playing it, I wouldn't be doing much better, actually. But, uh, we'll go ahead and start a fresh game because, sure, why not? Alright, here we go. That's me, uh, doctor somebody. i in the Congo. There's a monkey. There's another monkey. Go, guy. Ow. I went too far without jumping and I fell in the water. Anyone who's used the 5200 knows that the 5200 controller is awful. I have spent a long time this morning playing this game. See, I shouldn't be talking and playing at the same time. Alright, I'm going to shut up for a second. Well, that didn't help. Let's try that again was doing better than this earlier guys Goodbye. thank You Henry so anyway the look of the game is reminiscent of the arcade version which I remember at the time thinking was a kind of a cool looking game less cool uh, on the Atari but you know all right now here's where I get stuck you gotta get up this vine to get to Congo Bongo. And yeah, I can't do it. Spoilers, I have never been able to do this. So, I'm gonna show you this for a second. If anyone has the trick to getting on this vine, let me know. Because I don't have it. There's Congo Bongo up top. He looks like a cousin to Donkey Kong. Throwing rocks, an unlimited uh, supply of rocks him and uh, Donkey Kong must go are you shopping.
1: Supposed to jump over without water?
0: It's too wide. You can't. Here. Yeah, you can't. Because I tried that. There are two screens uh, in this game. That's it. Which is one of the complaints on the internet. Um, and I wanted to show you the second screen, but that ain't gonna happen. So, let's just run this out. Wanna see the second screen go to the YouTube. Maybe? No climb, for goodness sake. Wanna give it a try, Henry? Yeah. Alright, switching the camera. Button's on the side. Make you jump. Makes the jump. Sorry. Hope no one got nauseous.
1: How do I you didn't tell me how to play?
0: Well, just restart it. There's not much to it, Henry. You move the joystick, to move the guy, and the button's on the side to make him jump. That's it. Hit the reset. Yeah, there's a reset. Number one. What? It's really sensitive. We're to get up to the edge of the water. not moving. Not in the water. Yeah, I know. That's part of the problem. It doesn't go right. Uh, try, try moving the joystick up a little. There you go. up with the rope, and then run straight at it, as, a, as opposed to from the side, like I was doing. What? Oh, here.
1: Are you killed by monkeys? I'm
0: wondering if you critiqued this hand shot if you go back here and run straight at it. Maybe. Let
1: mm-hmm.
0: me try it. me try Alright. Mm-hmm. A lot of you watching this right now are probably screaming at the uh, screen because we're idiots and don't know what we're doing, but... See, I got too much in a hurry. Hit the coconut. So, I don't know. If you guys have an idea of what we're supposed to be doing there, let me know. If you look at the uh, YouTube, the next screen is kind of a water-based screen. Alligators and such. Um, It's probably pretty cool. It's probably not cool at all. It's probably as frustrating as this screen. If I ever get there, I'll let you know. In the meantime, back to you in the studio. For years, Dogwater Hunt, alien abductee, many times over, has scanned the skies waiting for the aliens to return to his hometown of Santa Claus, Indiana. Yes, it's a real place. This year on Christmas Eve, Dogwater believes it will happen. Dogwater's friend, Cameron Jones, a successful novelist, is struggling with writer's block. A talking goldfish? That's normal, isn't it? And a battle with his ex-wife over her plan to move to England with their five-year-old daughter. Meanwhile, up at the North Pole, Santa himself has got his own problems. After centuries of being jolly, the constant tide of kids who believe, then don't anymore, is wearing on him. So he quits, hangs up the red suit, and is Kringle no more. Where does he go? Santa Claus, Indiana, obviously. The story of how these three men are thrown together is told in the novel In the Saint Nick of Time, written by the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. It's about time there was a Santa Claus story for adults, so he wrote one. Will these guys save Christmas? Probably. That's how these books work. But you got to read it to find out how. Go to www.carnivalofgleekcreations.com for more information about the book and some of the places you can order it. Happy Holidays! Here's the thing about Congo Bongo for the 5200. I don't think I liked it for the 2600, and I don't like it for the 5200, because the controls are bad. It is kind of nice looking. I remember Congo Bongo in the arcade not being a favorite, trying to like the reviewer said, but I do remember it being interesting, because it was a little bit different layout than a lot of the other games, which is why I've been uh, gravitated towards it for the home ports. I've done 2600 now and 5200 I don't think that I know if there's a 7200 port, but if there is, I'll probably find it at some point and do that one too. Basically, what it comes down to is the 5200 controller is just bad, and I don't have an alternate at this point. Would I keep playing it? No. Honestly, probably. Even though it's an intriguing game to me, it's frustrating, and I probably won't play it anymore until someday. Maybe I get a different controller, and magically it works better. I kind of doubt it. If any of you wants to try and change my mind about Congo Bongo, let me know.
1: It's story time on Atari Bites Yes, it's story, 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 story time
0: With Bill This week's story is titled Bongo Bastards A steady stream flowed from the watering can's spout as Sid tilted the can over his lilac bush. He enjoyed the scent of lilac in the spring. That was when his garden came to life and a new peaceful world opened up. Sid felt a tap on his shoulder. He turned and smiled at Rebecca, but his smile faltered when he saw the urgency in her eyes. He signed to her, What's up? Rebecca signed back. The new neighbors moved in. Sid couldn't hear her, but could tell she was shouting, Cool. Sid responded tentatively. Rebecca shook her head. Not cool. Sid felt something. Vibrations beneath his feet. The water in the can rippled. Something was making noise. A hell of a lot of noise. Sid and Rebecca hurried around to the front of the house. The neighbors were already starting to come out of their uniformly spaced homes, stepping onto their well-manicured lawns. This was not a town of rich folks, but they took care of their stuff. Sid watched his neighbors commiserate, pointing fingers at the house next to Sid's. They coalesced into a ball of peeved citizenry and marched up the driveway. The garage door slowly rose. As if choreographed, every one of Sid's neighbors, Rebecca included, clapped their hands over their ears and winced, very nearly pushed backward as if by a mighty wind. Unfazed by the cacophony, pouring from his own garage, a tall man with a thick beard and brass buttons down the front of his jacket stepped out of the garage and beamed at his new neighbors. Greetings, he said. There was a good chance he wasn't wearing pants, but with the long coat, it was hard to tell. Rebecca interpreted for Sid as this exchange occurred. Are you the new owner? Candy Delby shouted, though Sid wasn't sure why. Well, Candy was a known shouter anyway. Of this place, Candy added, gesticulating, as if it was unclear what place she meant. The new owner of this place. To the extent anyone owns anything, I suppose I am, the man said. I am known as Condost. The noise from the garage rolled to a stop. Mr. Condost, Candy Delby said, What was that? What was that noise? Condost turned toward his garage. Noise? Oh, them? Two women and two men filed into the driveway from the garage. Each was wearing a paisley suit and carrying a set of bongos. Forgive us if our rehearsal disturbed you, Condrast said. Peterson got a new drumhead and is having trouble tuning it. Peterson, a tall, gangly woman, smacked her hand on the drum head a few times, apologetic look on her face. Candy Delby nodded, uncertain of her follow-up. From the back of the crowd, Brent Kendall shrieked. Only a couple people looked as Brent had a bit of the boy-who-cried-wolf about him. But then the rest of them saw it, too. Sid followed the pointing fingers. From the garage's open doorway, the bongo stepped meekly forward. Not a Latin drum set with legs. Rather, a bongo that is a herbivore breed of antelope with a reddish-brown coat, black-and-white markings, white-yellow stripes, and long, slightly curled horns. Surprisingly few of these urban dwellers who had never ventured much past the local box stores and never experienced nature beyond their town aquatic center knew this. Bongos are mostly nocturnal and live in the forests of Africa, except this one that was now residing in a suburban housing development in the American Midwest that likes to go to bed by 9.30 p.m. Congos' expression never changed. The other humans and the animal all took a moment to absorb the oddity of the situation. Then the bongo, the living one, Bleated at his new neighbors, sounding, it must be said, much more in tune than Peterson. "'That's Carl,' Kondost said. "'Oh,' Candy Delby responded. "'That's not right, is it? A... uh, Carl in the neighborhood?' "'He co-signed the loan,' Kondost replied in a tone that could have been sincerity or sarcasm. "'But that's a wild animal,' said Dexter Thomas from the city administrator's office, which oversaw the Parks and Rec Department.' giving him some perceived credibility in the situation. This isn't okay, Carl bleated in reply. The bongo players beat out a quick tune. The neighbors were resistant at first, but soon fell under the music's spell, lost in the groove. Over the din, Condos shouted, We are the bongo bastards! The group continued to play, never mind Peterson's ill-tuned drum. The bongos, The bongos were really quite addictive and even Candy Delby shook what she had in time to the beat. Soon, Condost was handing out flyers, advertising their next gig, waving to the departing neighbors and tugging firmly at Charles' lead as the garage door closed. Sid couldn't stop thinking about this. Later that night, Sid sat bolt upright in bed. The picture frames on the bedroom wall were rattling. The sound waves from next door were vibrating the house. Sid couldn't hear it but he could feel it. It wasn't the music, though, that he was feeling. It was something else. Within the through-line of Pearson's wicked solo, must have gotten your bongo tune finally, Sid could feel the sound of sadness. The next morning, Sid stepped out his back door and froze. Carl the bongo was munching on Sid's prized lilac bush. Sid freaked. He chucked the watering can toward the animal and ran at it. Man and beast both bleated indignantly. The bongo sprang over to the edge of the property line, ears twitching as he looked first at Congo's garage, then at the man gesturing frantically for him to go. Go, Sid said, chasing after Carl. Startled, if reluctant, Carl went after one more sad look back at the lilacs. Sid braced himself to survey the damage. It actually wasn't too bad. Some of the blossoms up top took a hit, but the lower ones were okay. Sid was just in time, it seemed. Bongo's man. The next morning, Sid again walked into his backyard on schedule, and in what was becoming the next regular item on the agenda, Carl was busy munching away on the award-winning lilacs of Sid Campion. Sid grunted and stomped over to Carl, who showed no sign of going anywhere. Sid pointed aggressively at the bush, then at Carl, and shook his head angrily. Carl blinked and made a whining noise, softly. Come on, Sid signed, grabbing the bongo's lead and pulling him across the yard to his new neighbor's. The bongo bastards were focused on whatever tune they were mangling at the moment. Condost called the group to a halt when Sid and Carl approached. In flawless American Sign Language, Condost asked what had prompted his new neighbor to grace them with his presence. Your bongo, Carl here, was eating my lilacs, Sid said. Again, Condost looked crestfallen. How could this be, he said. Carl, he rebuked. Carl's ears twitched at the tone. Sid felt a little guilty making a fuss. "'Please, my friend,' Kondost said. "'Please, let us apologize with a little gift, the gift of song.' He closed his eyes, breathed deeply, took Sid by the shoulders, inviting him to do the same. Maybe Sid couldn't hear the music, but if Kondost had his way, Sid could feel it. The bongo bastards launched into a rendition of Piano Man, which sounds better than you might expect on the bongos. And who knew Peterson could sing? Carl bleated plaintively throughout the tune. Sid watched him carefully maybe he was hungry? Guilty? Sid didn't know, but he sensed there was something bitter going on. Over afternoon tea, Sid told Rebecca, I think Carl is unhappy. You think? Rebecca said. Maybe because he's a wild animal living in a garage? Sid shook his head. Yeah, maybe, but I think it's something deeper. The two sipped their tea. Sid was deep in thought. Rebecca was deep in biscuits. She loved a good biscuit. Rebecca was nearly dozing in the midday sun when Sid startled her to alertness, shaking her shoulder. He signed in rapid fire, I got an idea, I need you to do something for me, now, go now. Then Sid told Rebecca what to do. The next morning, the neighbors were lured from their homes, Pied Piper-like, by new music on the air. Well, it was more like new cacophony on the air, but it was different enough to attract their attention. The garage door was open, and the bongo bastards were in full swing, except they weren't playing bongos. Not today. Today, each of them held a djembe hand drum, a drum from West Africa, played with bare hands. Perfectly in tune. Carl, ears pointed, ran gleeful laps around the garage, pausing only occasionally to look a bastard on the face. Sid beamed, new vibrations flowing through the concrete into his tapping toes. He laid a wreath of lilac for Carl to enjoy, proud of his astuteness. It didn't hurt that Sid's best friend Rebecca owned a music shop.
1: This is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill.
0: And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Accompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, in Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Story Time theme. Head over to Apple Podcasts and beat out a five-star review of this show. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Yes, we're still there. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And look us up on Instagram. You can also call me. I'm never going to answer the phone. But you can leave me a voicemail at 563-265-1978. About pretty much anything. And there's a good chance I'll play it on the show. Check out the website www.carnivalofgleecreations.com For information about this show, about my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, about books that I've written, all sorts of stuff that's going on. It's a good resource. Check it out. Also consider supporting the show over at patreon.com where Atari Bytes has a page. Patrons get stuff depending on what level you donate at. Among the stuff that you get is you get to say that you are an exclusive club With these guys, Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jeremy L., Mark Super, Jim Goble, Robert Ferguson. Thanks to all of them. And thank you in advance. Next time on Atari Bytes. A while back, the new Atari games came out. The uh, Circus Convoy uh, was one of them. That's the one that I picked up. Obviously for the 2600, I really enjoyed it. I was really impressed at how it looked. I played it a few times, and then I put it away. And that's not fair to the game, because it looks really awesome. So... I'm going to get it out again, and I'm going to play Circus Convoy next time on the podcast and make up a goofy story for it. If you have thoughts about Circus Convoy or the new crop of games coming out or anything really, get a hold of me. And until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.
1: (laughs) Oh,